on this week's episode of Polk and Kush. It was Monday Night Mania in the city of New Orleans. The Pelicans win. The Saints win. Right off of the crew de boo. Everything is happening right here in the Crescent City. You are going to want to stick around to listen to this week's episode of Polk and Kush. Come everyone to Poke and Kush! It is Wednesday, October 27th, 2021. And the gravel pit has now become a skate ramp. There's a launch ramp in front of the Bud Light Line studio (laughs) now. I guess the guys, they haven't been... For two weeks, I was waking up at 6 a.m. You know, there's a bulldozer outside. They're running over my house and all of my friends and loved ones (laughs) with a crane. Uh, That has subsided. Now I think they're showing up somewhere around lunchtime. Uh-huh. They'll do about 40 minutes a day and then get out of here, which I'm all for. But uh, currently in front of the studio, there is a ramp. Yes. Like uh, we live in Grand Theft Auto, the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like a 5,000 point bonus in front of my house. <laughs> if you hit it going uh, 30 miles an hour, you're going to catch some air. And uh, it seems like a lot of fun. They're going to shoot the next Fast and Furious movie <laughs> right in front of here. There's gonna be, I mean, that one where uh, they jump you know, from building to building, I don't think it has anything on, on the incline that you're going to get right here on the street. They're going to shoot something in front of <laughs> my place. It's probably other people. Uh, with but a, a, mo- a gun. With a gun, up. yeah. <laughs> Alec Baldwin is my landlord. <laughs> So I should really be watching out for all of the shooting happening around here now. Uh, but that's a fun uh, that's a fun new caveat to the neighborhood. Also, uh, for the eagle-eared listener, we uh, have a guest in studio. It's my neighbor's dog, who, from the sounds of it, lives in a room from the movie Saw. He's having a bad time all of the time. My neighbor texted me and was like, hey, the dog, uh, he's going to be there. He's going to be upset for a few days. I was like, (laughs) okay. All right, well, I'll uh, I'll still bring in your Amazon packages that you get every hour. (laughs) The one with the dog food is really going to piss him off. (laughs) Uh, That is Mr. Andrew Polk. I am Scott Kushner. Uh, if you're listening to this show, you probably know that by now. I like the late intro. It's yeah. like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> We're 20 <laughs> minutes into the podcast, and now you're like, Polk and Kush. <laughs> in case you've never listened to this light side of New Orleans sports before. Uh, it was a big week uh, in New Orleans. Uh, not much happening in the actual city, although it's there was a, there was a parade. First time in a very, very, very long time. Oh, yeah. We had a real parade in the city. Uh, do you, did you attend? Did you talk to anybody who attended? Yeah, it was the uh, it was the second line for Norm Macdonald. We all <laughs> went to it. No, the crew of Boo. I knew a bunch of people that went to it. They were, of course, all not from here. <laughs> yes. 
Well, I knew it was coming. I've never been to Crew of Boo before. I haven't been in a... Uh, that's not true. I went relatively recently, but it's been a while. I haven't... You know, I, it's not one of the big names, but it had great placement. First parade in almost two years. Yeah. Everybody wanted to go. I was like, there are going to be more people shot at this parade. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be a disaster. I'm not going anywhere near it. My friends went. They survived. They had a good time. I saw, like, the drone. Fo- I guess Lucy's has a drone. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That I didn't realize that's where it went. I remember as a kid going to the crew of Boo Parade in the French Quarter. And I think I was in, like, 7th or 8th grade, and I caught ECW. You remember ECW, like, the underground wrestling promotion? Yeah, those guys were always covered in blood. Yeah, the ones that was, like, extreme wrestling. And uh, they had, like, a float, and they gave away tickets, and I tried to get my dad to take me. I was probably, like, 12 or 13 at the time. And my dad was like, uh, no. They could pay us to go into the building. I'm not taking you to extreme wrestling at Lakefront Arena. Uh, So I always always regret that moment, that I caught these tickets. I thought it was a very valuable thing, and then I wasn't even allowed to use them. Well, now if you want to, if you go to a parade and you want to see somebody getting hit with barbed wire covered in blood, <laughs> you can just walk around the block to Vic's Kangaroo Bar, and you'll see somebody with a head injury of some just, sort. Just wear a MAGA hat and walk <laughs> around New Orleans and see what happens. <laughs> if you really want to experience uh, intense violence, I I'm think sure. that seems like an easy way to do it. Yeah. And anyway, the new Polk and Kush hats are coming out. They're red <laughs> hats with white lettering. You'll be fine. Uh, um, However, while that all went on, it was one of the busier weeks we've had in quite some time when it comes to local sports here. Uh, Pelicans and Saints both now going full blast. Uh, Not something that happens uh, all the time, but they have gotten an early start. I mean, the Pelicans starting in mid-October it feels like we're in the heart of football season, and all of a sudden, there's basketball. How much of the Pelicans were you able to watch this week? Uh, I didn't see any of uh, <laughs> the Sunday game, the Monday game. Okay. Excuse me. I saw none of it. That's okay. why they won handily. Certainly. That's why it was a great game because I did not view a second of it. Yes. That's really the key. You know, we can come on here and talk about numbers and players and this guy named Zion and all this stuff. Really, the key to the Pelicans' victory is me not watching. <laughs> uh, I've seen the team. I saw the first three games. I endured yeah. the first three games, some would say. Yeah. Um, there are no surprises. Not really. Um, positive takeaways. Let's get into it. What's positive about the Pelicans? They have some of the best sixth men in the NBA. Most of them happen to be starting, but if they were six men, they'd be very good. <laughs> when they, <laughs> I turned, I was sitting next to Christian Clark uh, for the opener, and they lined up for the opening tip of the season. I was like, they've got three guys who should all be on the bench starting right now. And I'm not saying that in like a bad, I mean, I obviously am saying it in a bad way, but like <laughs> Josh Hart, Devontae Graham, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker are all, like, on really good teams, would be perfect sixth men. Oh, yeah. And instead, they're in the position where they're not only just having to start, they're having to play really big roles. Josh Hart got hurt, uh, so he didn't do much. 
Yeah, Ty Montgomery ran into him. <laughs> he hit him on the elbow. It's like, no, you're not even on this one. Well, come on, man. <laughs> How many? How many are you going <laughs> to? Uh, and uh, so it just feels like they are, they're just the supporting cast. They're like an inner tube, you know? They're just sort of empty in the middle. Like they've got what they're, they've got these pieces around that make sense, but there's no nucleus in the middle to really drive home and make them powerful. Like, I think I understood what the Pelicans were doing with the roster in general, but when you watch them play without Zion, you're like, this is just missing something. There's no point guard. There's no real go-to score on any given possession who you can give the ball to and kind of get out of the way and let them go. Um, I feel like they have an identity of what they want to be, but they're not good enough and they don't have the top level talent to on an every you know quarter basis be able to put it together. It is going to just be a very uphill climb without Zion. That was my takeaway. And that's without Zion is, of course, the key word there. We've mentioned several times on the show that this is a team built around Zion. It's yes. very easy to see that right now. Um, will this time without Zion, will that help any of the players? You know, Devontae Graham is taking more shots. Definitely. He's taking more contested shots mm -hmm. because there's uh, – uh, Valanchunas has improved in every single game. Yes. With the Pelicans. That's easy to do when you start off 2 of 19. <laughs> That's Hard to get I, much worse. That's what you do, like, when you start a new job, you go in there and you go 2 of 19 on day one. You cannot go 19 of 19 on day one, because then they're going to expect that just, every time. Just sending out spelling-riddled errors. You oh, know, yeah. Just, just uh, taking a dump on the coffee maker. you got to go in there and email a picture of your wife to the boss and, you know, shit in the fax machine. And he did all that. So now, like, the, the up climb, it's like, oh, yeah, he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> 17 <laughs> rebounds. He's getting a lot better. Out there. <laughs> uh, no, uh, he did. He played great on Monday. Uh, that was helpful. And I thought he played really well against Minnesota the other game, too. And the way that he's uh, playing and really the, the way the whole team is playing, it, you can see the Zion-shaped hole in the lineup. Yes. It's not for me all doom and gloom because the lineup that i'm seeing makes sense with zion there yes we are getting by not really getting by they're losing <laughs> <laughs> only three quarters of the yeah. games that they lost i like when i say we when yeah. they're winning and i say they when they're losing. <laughs> <laughs> i don't associate myself with losers <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the Polk and Jansen podcast. From no, uh, yeah, I I haven't been completely just like swept away from caring about the team. It was hard to get into it, but seeing what's happening, it's like I think this team could be in that tenth to eighth position yeah. with Zion there. Mm -hmm. I feel like Willie Green. The team seems to give a fuck yeah. more with Willie. Yeah. A lot more than they did with Stan. And uh, complaints from the last two or three seasons have been them not giving a fuck. Yeah. And I don't think it's that they're energized for a new season. If anything, they would be uh, de-energized from not having Zion and all of the 
unnecessary drama and being in New Orleans. So to see these play, I it to me it feels like they give more of a shit. They seem more uh, cohesive with one mm-hmm. another, and I think a lot of that is because Willie Green was the right choice. Yeah, uh, the record might not be in his favor right now. But I think that's a bright spot for the start of this season. They definitely, you cannot accuse them, again, we're, we're a week into the season here, so let's not get carried away. But you cannot accuse them at this point of not giving a shit or of, uh, of being lazy, of being kind of in a malaise. Most of last season, certainly long stretches. Like I think they were the worst defensive team in the NBA last February. Uh, there were a lot of games where you were like, if they cared at all they would have won a lot more and it was very common we'd be like oh they gave up 40 points in the first quarter because they didn't give a shit then brandon ingram would be like hey you know we kind of see the team on the schedule and whatever that is not happening they are actually showing up to play when they're playing they're not all that good because they're not particularly talented they're certainly not more talented than the teams they are playing most of the time uh but they are playing hard the big question for me going forward is can they limit the amount of stupid mistakes that they're making? Like, it doesn't feel like that that is a talent issue as much as just, like, trying to kind of figure this whole thing out without Zion. You're sort of having to, to – you don't have a, a real anchor. So, therefore, they're passing the ball a lot. They're ending up with a lot of mistakes. I think they had 28 turnovers against Minnesota. In they the had, first game against Minnesota, oh my it was God, 28 it, turnovers, tying a franchise record for the Pelicans. It was bonkers. From then, the previous game. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> there was a ton against Chicago. Chicago, I think it was only like 16 or 17, but they were like almost all led to fast break points. Um, it felt like every single one of them was live ball. Chicago ran it down their throat. And let's clarify, Chicago, best team in the East. Yes. Record-wise, currently. 4-0. <laughs> and we all knew that was going to happen the minute Lonzo Ball <laughs> left New Orleans, that he was going to go become the MVP. So, congratulations, Lonzo. But, yeah, it, it does. <laughs> it is easy to point to a team that's lost a lot of games and go like, yeah, they're really bad. And I don't think they're good. I, I think that's unfair to say that they're good but i don't think it's the level of doom and gloom that i would typically say because i like to be doom and gloom but after these four games i don't walk away with that i walk away going like look if they just went from 20 turnovers to 10 i think they are right in most of these games and i think they're playing better honestly than i would have anticipated from a defensive standpoint yeah the defense um watching the highlights of the Pelicans' lone victory of the season. It was a defensive (laughs) victory. Yes. um, Which Zion is not really going to bring anything to the table defensively, so that's good to see the team being able to do that with or without him because they're going to be doing it without him even when he's on the court. (laughs) He's... It's not Duke Zion. He's not a defensive player, Mm -hmm. and that's not a step. He might get 30 points a game this year, but yeah. he's not going to take a step defensively. Probably not. And certainly not if he's coming back, uh, trying to play himself into shape, all these kinds of things. Uh, Zion was seen at practice. It sounds like he was working out individually uh, today or he was doing some sort of running on the court. And Yeah, he was at the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating <laughs> Championship. <laughs> but he was by himself. He was running to get an orange soda. Um 
dude, it is. Uh, the the messaging is all very cryptic around Zion. It's literally it's always like, hey, give it another week. Oh, this is another test. We got tests. Have you heard of these tests? And it's like, this is the same guy who said he'd be ready for the regular season opener. It still doesn't sound like he's really practicing. Still doesn't sound like he's doing a whole lot on the court. What uh, are the tests? They have him in the tank from Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> I mean, what like, <laughs> They're seeing if he's a witch. <laughs> the, 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 this is the, uh, the Salem Trials test. If you burn to death, then you are a witch, yes. Uh there's there's really no telling uh, when he's going to get back. It is very opaque. I think the team is intentionally keeping it opaque now because, you know, when they tried to be clear, it completely blew up in their face, and it was one of the goddamn dumbest press conferences that's <laughs> ever existed of, uh, you know, the head of basketball operations flatly lying to everyone and then lying about lying. Uh, so they're not going to do that again. So instead, they're just going to kind of keep saying, like, ah, maybe next week and there i'm just not optimistic when it comes to it he obviously is having a slow recovery there's obviously been more problems than they at least anticipated in the front end of this uh it it is an urgent matter though i don't think this team can go 20 to 25 games without zion and still make the playoffs no no that's not uh that's not within the realm of possibility I, based on nothing, would not think that it would get to that point. Yeah. But, you know, that's well, just me being hopeful. Well, it's because both of our heads keep going like, he said he'd be back for the opener. Yeah. He can't miss two months. He's not going to lie to us. <laughs> it's like, he's the top be podcasters <laughs> in the greater Broadmoor area? Why would he? <laughs> Has he already bought the apartment in New York? <laughs> this is the question to ask. It's under a holding company. We have some listeners in Atlanta. We have some in New York. If you've seen Zion, look, <laughs> a thing that bodes well for New Orleans is that Latoya said that his, Zion's mom can add on a fourth floor to her house mm-hmm. to do Squid Game. Yes, that's true. <laughs> she said it's legal. Get Everybody up there, get John Bell. He'll bring. He'll be one of the mass guys. That you know, what do they call him? The elites. I haven't seen it. All right. I'm the only person in the world who hasn't seen Squid Game. <laughs> I don't even have Netflix, and I've seen. I it. don't have Squid Netflix either. Yeah. The uh, you've seen Squid Billies. Same thing. I've seen that. Yes. Uh, yeah, man. There's. It's just like this weird thing hanging over the season. And what's so weird is it does, and I'm I'm not like, I'm not this guy who's like Mr. Rah Rah whatever. Like you listen to these guys talk, and it seems like they do genuinely like each other and give a shit, and they're like, they go out to dinner together all the time on the road. They're like all friends. They like Bi is like doing all this stuff. They like Willie Green went in after you know after beating the fucking Timberwolves. They're like showering him like he's Vince Lombardi. <laughs> like like they seem to really like genuinely kind of have this bond and like each other like in a way that is not particularly common for you know this franchise. Uh, but there's just this giant matzo ball that's just not there. Yeah, it's like you just got chicken noodle soup and it's not that good. You got to have the matzo ball in the middle (laughs) to make this thing get to the next level. And right now, uh, you know, people are going to go pay to watch chicken soup. 
you got to have it a little bit more than that. And there's no interest in the team. Uh, I talked to some people who were at walk-ons during the Saints game on Monday. They played at the same time, as you said. Uh, he said there were he counted 59 TVs inside of walk-ons. That's a, that's a lot. Guess how many were on the Pelicans? I'm going to go with four. Uh, zero. Okay. <laughs> zero. He said there was one on the MLB network, and there was one on, uh, like, the NBC. I bet, statistically, there are more Braves fans in New Orleans than Pelicans fans. Uh, <laughs> it depends how wide you go in the MSA. We all had, we all had TBS <laughs> growing up. We didn't true. have a basketball team. That is true. That is true. Um, dude, it is going to be an uphill climb for them to get people back. I mean, if you want to go to a game, it is. we talked about it last week. It's very cheap. I think the Hawks game, you're probably listening to this hopefully on Wednesday. Uh, the Hawks game, as I looked at it. Hopefully. On, on what, my, you think I won't edit it tonight? <laughs> well, I'm saying they could be listening they Thursday. Pass out <laughs> drunk after the show. They could be listening Friday or Saturday. Uh, the tickets in the lower bowl, like 24 hours for a tip, were like 15 bucks in the lower bowl. I feel bad for the season ticket holders. Yeah. That's not going to happen again. Nobody's going to re-up. <laughs> But again, like there's such there's really there really are genuinely good vibes around the team. I think they are doing things a lot of things well. And there's this disconnect that's built mostly around Zion where it's like it's very it seems very hard to cross the bridge between here are all the good things happening. Here's the potential of them happening and here's getting people to buy in and drawing the lines between them all, which is what you need. Uh, just seems very challenging until you insert Zion. And then it's like, oh, all of that makes sense. Once he's there, all of it suddenly comes into place. It suddenly comes into place, and there's also been several examples of it recently. Memphis is on an upswing with a, with a, a Zion-level player. Yeah. And Atlanta is obviously yeah. the biggest turnaround in the last couple of years. Uh, so people that are fans of the Pelicans have seen how this works. Some of the pieces seem to be falling into place, at least coaching-wise. If the team wins, people will start to give a shit. Yeah, that's, uh, true. that's there. There aren't people that are like, I was burnt. Like, if the Pelicans win 11 games in a row, anybody that feels burned by them isn't going to give a shit anymore. That's very true. So, But they're not going to win 11 games in a row unless they get Zion. And unless Jackson Hayes... <laughs> Can it's, we talk for one second about Jackson Hayes? Of course. We can talk for as long as we want to. This is our podcast. I am sick of the fucking Jackson Hayes love. Do something. Do something. He doesn't even hardly play. He doesn't do... Like, they keep talking about him like he's about to make this leap every time. He's, like, getting any time. And it's like, dude, this guy's not doing shit. Do you remember that summer league dunk? <laughs> The summer league dunk. He's just like, oh, he's working on his threes. Like, he doesn't do anything. He's doing that. Like, all we hear about is how much better Jackson Hayes gets every year. And then he just doesn't do anything when he plays. Nikhil Alexander-Walker does stuff. Yeah. He's getting a lot better. You see it every single. Jackson Hayes doesn't do shit. Jackson Hayes is your friend from high school that, like, won a fight at the (laughs) levee. He is going to spend the rest of his life talking about that fight at the levee. 
And it's all because of that fucking Summer League dunk that no one saw, except Pelicans fans. <laughs> That's his story forever. I know comedi- like comedians opened up for, you know, the Gilbert Godfrey once. <laughs> yeah. They talk about it for the rest of their lives. That dunk was him opening up for Michael Winslow. And he's going to talk about it for the rest of his life. It's just... I just want to get on his Instagram. I also, like, is it fair to say, like, they gave Jonas Valanciunas a big extension. Yeah. Went le- a week ago. It was the Fletcher Mackle extension because he's white. <laughs> they have that written. It's like a grant. Yeah, exactly. It's like a grant for kids going to school. <laughs> oh, you're a big European? Uh, they'll give you, we'll put you on the Mackle Pell grant. Uh, um, you're, yes, you're a big Euro. Uh, yeah. So they give Jonas all this money, which, you know, we can agree to disagree on whether or not, you know, it's worth it, whatever. But what it definitely says to me is like, well, I don't think Jackson Hayes is ready to be a starting center in the next three years. Do you? That's his versatility. He can be a power forward. <laughs> he can be the boy. He guy. can be a water boy. He can be security. They're going to need him for something. Uh, no, that that speaks to that. I heard uh, like, oh, well. You know, when you get a guy to, like, sign an extension before he's even played a minute for the team, that shows his dedication. Like, no, that shows his dedication to earning money. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he likes to have guaranteed money. Yeah, I'm sure uh, Valanchunas really loves going to Rum House on magazine <laughs> and then catching the revivalist at anywhere. No, he wants $30 million. He likes the use of the L.A. wallet app. That's what, that's what he's, it's easy to show your Vax card. That's what he's into. Yeah, every time I go to uh, Roberts, I always see Jonas there just soaking in the locals i think it's a good move to sign uh Jonas overall like i don't i i would have liked to watch him play at least a handful of games with zion see how that combination works seems like that would be pretty important uh but i do think you know the pelicans obviously feel they got him at a very fair price uh you can argue that one way or the other what to me it signifies that you really can't argue is that they think they need a solid center on a solid contract that they believe is affordable in the scope of the league. And Jackson Hayes just ain't that guy right now. And that is, uh, I think, telling for a guy who was the number seven pick in the draft. He should be good by now, and he's not good yet. And maybe he will by the end of the year. Maybe he will by the end of the time you're listening to this podcast. But uh, I just haven't seen anything out of him, honestly. Yeah, I don't really consider that to be a sign that Jackson is not the guy just because they are so different physically. It's mostly a positionless league at this point. They might play center, but they don't play the same way, even if if Jackson Hayes was physically stronger and able to finish better. They still play a different game of basketball. I, I don't think that spells the end of Jackson Hayes or any doubt in him. Uh, you he know, still shouldn't be on the court at the same time, though, right? No, I don't. I I don't think so. Maybe yeah. with Point Zion, there could be a rotation for that, but sure. not currently. Yeah. All right. Well, that takes us through our Pelican segment. We obviously have a whole lot of Saints to talk about after the Monday Night Football win in Seattle. Plus, we've got a little bit of local news, and of course, your segments. Stick around. We'll be right back. Polk and. Hail on Oak! 
everybody, if you're looking to watch the Tulane Green Wave take on the number two team in the country, Cincinnati, if you're going to watch the Saints play on Halloween, if you want to watch LSU, I have no idea who they play this weekend. All of those games will be shown at Ale on Oak. It is the spot for you to drink beer, to eat food, to watch sports. Can't imagine a better place to be as the weather becomes lovely, lovelier than lovely here in the fine city of New Orleans. Uh, 30 beers on tap, full menu, lovely, the best patio in Uptown. Uh, Can't imagine why you wouldn't go to Ale on Oak. It's the best. Uh... There was something else I wanted to say about Ale on Oak, and it's that... You said lovely twice, <laughs> which is too much for a grown man. Uh, we got a tweet. Uh, somebody uh, said what we always say. Hey, you go into a bar, you want to see Pels, you want to see Saints, they've got it on. There was a lovely photo of the spacious patio with Pels on the right, Saints on the left. Exactly. Jokers all around me. Exactly. You don't have to ask them to put the games on. They know to put the games on. Like I said, walk-ons who does not sponsor the show, and Drew Brees is a part owner, and they're a bunch of losers. They, 59 TVs, no Pelicans game. Ale and Oak, nobody had to ask. Boom. Bingo, bango. Ale and Oak. That is right there, corner of Carrollton and Oak right off the streetcar line you are gonna love it that is a sponsor moving into monday night football holy shit what an awful football game that was but a really important one for the saints yeah it was uh sunday fun day for new Orleans sports fans Mm -hmm. it was the first time in a very long time the saints and pelicans played at the same time on the road and both got victories yeah Pretty neat, pretty fun. No one saw the Pelicans game, so it's just that's just like a thing you hear about after the fact. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's like sending a dollar to orphans. They're like, oh, the orphan got to eat. All right, well, I never saw him or anything, but it feels good to hear that. It does, and it f- it felt good to hear that the Pelicans win after watching the Saints. You call it a win. The Saints should have been down by twenty in the first half. Yeah, it was. Brutal. The Saints, once again, uh, throughout the years, the Saints have been saved by Tom Benson's ghost just coming out of the clouds and (laughs) blowing kicks to the left or the right. The most notable one, Justin Tucker, Yeah, that was unbelievable. Uh, This goober, I don't even know his name, he missed a bunch of kicks that he should have gotten. And the Saints, uh, their new kicker, uh, Brian Laundry. What's his name? <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian, some, Brian something. I want to say Brian Johnson. But Brian Johnson. That's the, isn't that the guy from ACDC? <laughs> uh, there's a fellow on the Saints by the name of Brian. He kicked the ball a few times and it worked out, which uh, is good because Will Lutz is out for the season. Yes. Uh that is a huge bummer. It looks like Anders Pete might be out for the season as well. Uh, as if check Saints- your watch. Oh, is it <laughs> it's late a- October? Yeah. Oh yeah, that is Anders's time to be leaving the team. <laughs> Believe it or not, Anders Pete and uh, Teron Armstead are going to miss large chunks of the season. Can you believe it? When 
Andrus didn't leave the game once. He left the game twice. <laughs> the first time they took him off, she was like, yep, all right. And they brought him back. Okay, welcome back. Oh, he's out again. Just wheel him into the sea. <laughs> Can you fire? I know they don't call it firing, yeah, but the, like just yeah. fire. Like, dude, we we tried. It's not working. Sorry. Get him out of here. The offense is bad, man. There's no receivers. Oh, it's bad. It's so bad. There's not only no receivers, like, Jameis doesn't seem to understand how to complete, like, a third and five. And that is such an important part of this offense right now that, like, you need to keep the chains moving. You have to, like, hit the, like, you hit the, you have to hit the correct shoulder on a receiver. You have to do, there's just little things that's what you Like, when you're scrambling, you have to know where to scramble, like, know where the sticks are. All these things. He just doesn't have it. Frankly, he doesn't have it. And the receivers also suck. And the tight ends also suck. And the offensive line mostly sucks. So you've got a guy in Alvin Kamara who is really, 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 really awesome. Marquez Callaway, I would say, is good. And everybody else is mediocre to worse. Let's go down the line of suck here because the sucking started with Traquan Smith coming back. I think yeah. people were maybe not excited, but a tad relieved that he would be back. I believe the first play, the ball bounces off his head like a Muppet. <laughs> there was a cartoon doink sound. There was like an old spring. Like Over Simpson, yeah. Um, you know, Traquan was under running the routes. He mm -hmm. didn't know which way to go. He wasn't doing it at the right time. Jameis's overthrow. But at it's, least he was talking tons of shit to whoever was guarding him as he was doing nothing. It's a lot of calamity. Yeah. That was happening. Yeah. And uh, Traquan was not really the answer we were looking for. Is that because he hasn't played with the team in a long time? No, it's because he stinks and because Jameis has no chemistry with him. Uh, a Fair. more positive podcast <laughs> would say, you know, he's just getting back into the, now. You have it or you don't. Uh, he's a loser, man. That is just, <laughs> I mean, he's a loser. <laughs> Troutman's a loser. They just got some losers on the field, man. I had three identical Troutman text messages <laughs> at the same time. That fucking, he runs like RoboCop. <laughs> To bring back RoboCop, the favorite from the last <laughs> The New Orleans is the foremost leading RoboCop podcast. He, like, you, your kid loves Toy Story, right? Yes. You know the bad guy, Sid, how he builds, like, the shitty evil toys? Uh -huh. yes. He runs, like, one of those. <laughs> like, the, like, the, like the rubber duck with, like, Barbie legs. He runs like that. And then, of course, his big... You don't want to see a white guy <laughs> over 6'1 running with the ball in football. No, you're just waiting for him to fumble. Timber. Of course he fumbled. He stinks. And not only did he fumble, he yeah. fumbled in a way that resulted in the Seahawks tying the game, uh -huh. which almost certainly spelled doom. Felt like it for Nine sure. Nine times out of ten, that spells doom. Yeah. If it's not for a couple of fortunate penalties, I think the Saints probably lose. There's a roughing the passer that extended that drive, mm -hmm. correct? 
and then there was a uh, an offsides uh, on a field goal, which pushed the Saints uh, pretty dang close to make that a a very easy kick uh, to win the game. Uh, look, there's a lot of negatives about the offense. They're bad. Uh, I, I think we can just safely say that now. They've got holes. They've got problems. They've got Michael Thomas who they're still not giving any sort of real update as to when he's coming back. Uh, it seems very opaque uh, from that perspective. On the other hand, uh, the Saints defense was great. It's hard to get too uh, high on them because Seattle was playing without Russell Wilson. They didn't seem to have a lot going for them in the offensive line, but the Saints ate him up. I mean, Seattle is the worst defense in the NFL, okay? The worst, and the Saints offense couldn't do shit. Uh, but offensively, they, at least with Wilson, were pretty good, and they got eaten alive. I mean, outside of the one play by DK Metcalf, uh, the long touchdown, they didn't do, and, and they recovered a fumble. Outside of that, there was really not much. Uh, Marcus Davenport played great. Uh, that was, you know, even I have to that admit that. That you to yeah, say. Yeah, even I had to admit that as his number one uh, player hater. Uh, he played great, and Demario Davis was just an absolute man child. Yeah, he was what a what a man machine. child. He was a machine. <laughs> he was a man and a child, throwing people around. Okay. <laughs> he was a man possessed. <laughs> yeah, it was a bad. Wait, well, he probably didn't man. like that either. He likes, you know, he's a he's a god man. That is true. He was awesome. He was a man of God. <laughs> Is a warrior out for there Christ. doing yes. the Kamehameha. Somebody corrected me on Twitter. Oh. I said Street Fighter. They said it was Dragon Ball Z. We were both gay. It's fine. <laughs> okay, we're not impressing any ladies here, but all right. He did a great job, of course. I really wanted him to get that pick six at the end. Oh, man, he went for it, too. That would have been tight. Yes. He's awesome. He's uh, a, a gift. Mar Marshawn Lattimore... Had his problems with DK Metcalf, not only on the touchdown, but seemed to allow himself to be rattled pretty bad uh, by by Mr. Metcalf. There, there were situations uh, when that began where it's like, is that just because DK is a monster? Yes. And he's like, it looks like he's, you know, like being malicious and yeah. pushing Marshawn. But also, is that just how a six foot four Greek goddess god? <laughs> shit, he's gonna fucking kick my ass now. Is that how? You don't know his pronouns. That's fine. Is that how a Greek god pushes somebody? I don't know. Because like I'm watching the highlight, you know, I'm watching the replay of that shove. I'm like, well, he shoved. I'm like, but also. That mm -hmm. that's probably just how he shoves. Yeah, he's I just a this, lot bigger. It this just guy, makes it look more malicious. This guy goes into a Wendy's and shatters the door every time he opens it. I guarantee. It's like the Kool-Aid man leaving yeah. DK Metcalf sized <laughs> holes in the middle of uh, brick walls. Uh yeah, man, I I mean, I don't really get up or it's hard to get too excited that they won. I it's good to win. At the end of the year you'll look back and you won't really care how they did it. Uh, if the Saints are in the mix of the playoffs, which, I mean, they're four and two. I don't know how, but I don't think they're good at all. And yet they are four and two. That matters. Uh, but it's hard to be inspired by watching them. It's hard to think that, you know, they're going to be able this team that's on the way to do great things. I don't see that at all. But I, I mean, I prefer to watch them win than lose. Yeah, I, I don't know if. Um... 
anybody is feeling incredibly inspired, but there are good things to take away, such as the team is the buzzword resilient. They're finding ways to win. And two, the division is dog shit other than Tampa Bay. Yeah. Carolina, I think, has now lost four in a row. They're mm-hmm. three and four. Atlanta got who who gives a fuck? Atlanta doesn't matter. Um, it's going to there's a there's a chance for the Saints to uh, get second place in the division and make something out of it. Yeah. Uh, Tampa, the reigning Super Bowl champions, Tom Brady, the probably the best team in the NFL, Tampa. Uh, they will be heading uh, to New Orleans this weekend. That will be the biggest test to date. That Green Bay game. Green Bay is very good as well, and the Saints murdered them in the most inexplicable game of the NFL <laughs> season thus far. Uh, I don't see that happening again. Uh, but, you know, a home game should be a nice crowd, a good atmosphere, Halloween, uh, late afternoon. I don't know what to make of it, uh, quite honestly, but I-, I think the Saints are going to have to do a whole lot of things better if they want to compete in that one. And this is a step-up game that can inspire a fan base, make everybody have confidence in this team. Yes. Uh, Much in the way that Green Bay did, which fizzled out quickly. Yeah. Uh, This is a home game in more than one way. It's Halloween in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. The spirits are going to be on our side. That's right. There'll be a lot of people in costumes. Should be fun. Uh are the people that normally wear costumes going to do anything different? You think they'll just add spider webs to the to the opt- Optimus Prime are we, outfit? Are we going to see like sexy whistled monster? <laughs> slutty Popes. Yeah, <laughs> Slutty the Joker. Uh, I mean, this is a very important opportunity for the Saints. It is a separation type of game. It's you know, uh, a, a big chance. And and if you win, I think you honestly can start thinking about the division again, too, which seems, again, unlikely because we watch this team play. I think we all, anybody with the logical side of their brain is like, wow, there's a lot of things about this team that are not good. So, you know, four and two is four and two. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I can't shit on them, uh, but it, it is. I am waiting to see them do something that is more. And until they do it, I'm not going to give them a whole lot of credit uh, in the long run. Yeah, and the uh, the players that went out, there are more players coming in. So it, it seems to still kind of be an even playing field. Eric McCoy was back. He did fine. Uh, losing Andrews Pete. The team has to, when they see Andrews Pete now, it has to be like when uh, Mara showed up on Cheers. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, that's a fun. <laughs> She's not normally here. That's fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's a guest star. <laughs> Are you okay? Like Grandpa Simpson, yeah. <laughs> Maris Hunter. I mean, we're going... Ro- <laughs> That's in the Wayback Machine right there. I, it's the... Uh, now, I could do is... Okay, it's like when uh, Kevin James from King of Queens showed up on Everybody Loves Raymond. That's true, You're like, too, he yes. doesn't belong here, but it's a fun surprise. Anytime Griff was unmarried with children. Griff's <laughs> always on Married with Children. But he's only in like a par- portion of the episode. All right. <laughs> that Andrew's it too far. Uh, Chris Hogan retired. He saw what this team was doing. He's like, I'm getting out. Like, I have to live where to play? Oh, and then I have to play. I have to miss Halloween to play against <laughs> fucking Tom Brady. Jesus, Louises. 
Uh, Halloween's going to be a tough one for the Saints, but we are going to be so drunk it won't matter. That's a good point. I'll be trick-or-treating. It's going to be the best. Uh, anyway, we will be right back with some segments. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. Overrated and yeah, underrated. Baby, yeah. If you ever want us to, it would be a first. We've been doing the show for years. <laughs> Somebody emailed us, Paul Concussion Gmail, and said, Hey, do you think do you think Cracker Barrel is overrated? We could do that. No one's ever done it. I've got an overrated for you. Blue light glasses. Do you know these things? No. They are designed for people that have headaches because they've been staring at a screen all day. This is how they sell it. Everyone. Yeah. Okay. The glasses have like a blue tint on the lens, and then that somehow stops you from seeing blue, even though it's directly in front of your face. Uh, (laughs) They say that the blue light from phones, computer screens, uh, disrupts your circadian rhythms, which sounds like an insect thing. I didn't think humans said that. (laughs) But there's this whole industry of you're staring at a computer all day, you have a headache, uh-huh. you need to wear these glasses, and then you can't see the color blue any anymore. Hmm. I don't think there's any science behind it. That sounds like, that's like the same as the CBD nonsense. I think this was designed by a certain group of men who look good in glasses but don't need them. <laughs> Which is me. I look great in glasses, and I have perfect eyesight. It's a shame. So I'm wearing this shit around. People are like, oh, you wear glasses? No, I just get a headache sometimes because I look at my phone 18 hours a day. It's like, I don't think it's the color blue that's giving me the headache. I think the headache is coming from the 11 beers a day, half a pack of smokes, a burrito from a truck, no sleep, strange women. Yeah. I got a dog barking in my fucking ceiling all the time. There's construction. Yeah. I think that's the head. I don't think it's that I see the color blue too much. You're wearing a blue shirt right now, and I feel fine. Yeah. Well, you have no idea what it's doing to you. I mean, out of all the aspects of you, the headache I'm getting is not the shirt. This is an odd thing. You know, it's also like screens of... The color blue has been around for a minute. Yeah. When you're watching television before all these screens came out, Mm -hmm. to watch TV for 16 hours was bad. Yeah. No matter what color was coming at you. Don't sit too close to the TV. Yeah. You're just, we were never intended as a species to be staring at screens this much. No. So it doesn't really matter what you put in your face. The, the condom over your eyes is not going to protect you from the fact that you're staring at an electronic box all day. I think also, as a child, I was watching more Blue. I was watching the Smurfs. <laughs> Blue's Clues. Blue's Clues. The Blue Power Ranger. The Blue Man Group. Yeah. Yes. I'm Blue Dabba Dee Dabba Dow. All of that shit. There's significantly less blue now, and my head's hurting. I'm, it's because of the brain cancer. It's not because I'm staring at my cricket phone. It's because I have a huge inoperable tumor. 
it's the blue. I'd never have seen these products. Yeah. Where do they sell these? I got mine on Amazon. Yeah. I mean, are these like advertised on podcasts? I'm guessing. Uh, you know, good <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> podcasts that make money can sell horseshit products. That's uh, that seems like a a, a good trade off. Blue Chew, Viagra. <laughs> exactly. Duke fans always. Yeah. Have a how headache. come we don't have any boner pills that we're selling? Everybody else seems to be selling these things. I'm not advertising them. I'm selling them <laughs> just out of the trunk of my car. I like to pull up uh, to the nursing home. Yeah, I've got the Delta 8 of uh, wiener pills <laughs> in my car. Yeah, we haven't done any boner pill ads. I feel like every... I think we're the boner pill. <laughs> Listen to this podcast. We're making young men viral It'll again. It'll make you want to turn off your phone and have sex with somebody. Uh <laughs> Like, oh, I definitely listen to these goons. Yeah. So you want to know you want to know when to put your phone away? We need to listen to this podcast. Yeah. Go pork your wife, Polk and Kush. Use the promo code Kush to have sex with your own wife. All right. Do you have an underrated for us? Yeah, I do. Mine is the very opposite direction of where this show just went. Um, pumpkins. Underrated. Where are these things uh, 10 months out of the year? We have... Pumpkins uh, make their appearance in September and October. Everybody seems to be happy about them. They're fun. There's pumpkin recipes. There's pumpkin stuff. Everyone seems my my kids love them. They're like pointing out pumpkins as we're driving down the street. They decorate everyone's home. And it's uh, just a, a lovely little thing to have around. And then October 31st, or I mean, I guess at best Thanksgiving, they just disappear and then they're never to be seen from again uh, until the next year. Does, do we do this with any other food? Is there any other agricultural product where we highlight it? It's such a, a prominent stage for two months, and then we just discard it like yesterday's garbage? Christmas tree. Well, that's not a, an agricultural product. That's just a tree. What do you think agriculture is? <laughs> You can't. I'm saying it's not edible. The pumpkin is edible. Mistletoe. What? You know, you eating mistletoe? <laughs> A placenta and mistletoe sandwich? Is that what you're making over there? <laughs> uh, uh, no. Cadbury eggs. Cadbury eggs. Yeah, that's there's there's <laughs> there's things that are created like yeah, fireworks on July Fourth and whatever. Uh, there are festival things that go on. But, like, I've got kids who are obsessed with pumpkins right now. And come Sunday, it's over. They don't know. What's going to happen November 1st? They're going to be driving around, and all the pumpkins are going to be gone. Is it and they're going gonna to be, be like, where are the pumpkins? They're going to be like, I don't know. They're all dead. Christmas morning. They killed them all. Christmas morning. <laughs> the Cush household, the kids are going to be weeping, going, where are the pumpkins, exactly. Daddy? I mean, we're pointing out spiders and ghosts and all stuff. And I get all that. But the pumpkins, the pumpkins can stay. We have spiders and ghosts year-round. That's <laughs> yeah, true. I do have a giant spider web in my backyard. They're, they're much less excited about that than they are the fake ones on the people's, you know, sides of people's houses. I just don't understand. Are pumpkins not available in the other 80% of the year? Or is this just a thing we have decided matters? How often do you buy 
a whole turkey. I mean, never. Uh, Thanksgiving, I guess. The whole turkey is available in the (laughs) grocery store year round. You just don't see it. It's like you go to work. And when it's like Christmas, you see the homeless guy and you feel bad for him. You give him a dollar and you're like, I'm giving. I'm not like Scrooge. I'm helping someone out. That guy's there on the 4th of July. You're just wearing board shorts so you don't give a fuck about him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe that's true. You know, I'm not, you know, nobody goes to work at a soup kitchen on June 10th. You know, it's like there there is definitely something. I don't I don't know if you can walk into a Walmart and buy a pumpkin for Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a piece like. Is this overrated or underrated? It's underrated. The pumpkin is a good thing. Why do we discard it after these two months? It should have a longer shelf life. We don't do this with strawberries. We don't decorate our house. We don't celebrate the strawberry and then fuck it to death because we've done too much strawberry well, stuff. Well, our and- listeners in Ponchatoula would disagree. <laughs> it's not like, oh, we went too hard on strawberries in March. We've got to, we can't think about them again for 11 months. Like, we do that to the pumpkin. We overexpose the pumpkin and then we just discard it. And we're like, oh, we're tired of pumpkin. We can't do it. And now I don't even like eating. You know, I don't like the pumpkin. You love to cut open a <laughs> pumpkin and just take a bite? <laughs> I don't really like the pumpkin spice lattes. Also. I think it's kind of lame. But I'm just saying, why don't these things exist year-round? It's like the McRib. I know why. Why is that? The Jews. The Jews. Probably. <laughs> they control the weather. The weather <laughs> controls the pumpkin population. The pumpkin population only exists for six weeks a year. We've connected the dots. That takes us into my hair part every single week on this year program, ladies and gentlemen. The worst! The worst. Now, this is something people send in to us. The worst thing I saw or read this week. Send it in. Polkandkush at gmail.com. Polkandkush at AOL.com. <laughs> AOL keyword kush. This is a story... Uh, nobody sent this in. I found this of my own accord. Mail Magazine. We all know it. This is a real website. <laughs> Most of the time when I pull up these stories, it's, you know, there's like five million pop-ups. Yeah. And boner pill ads and people like getting eaten by bot flies. This is a real website. Uh, meet the guy who spends just $150 a year to eat all of his meals. <laughs> At Six Flags. That's great. That's great. I thought you were going to say in prison. (laughs) In a way. Where others saw glorified carnival food, Dylan saw the world's thriftiest food court. For years, millennials have endured an endless barrage of worthless blah, 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 blah. Dylan, a 33-year-old electrical engineer in Santa Clarita, California, figured it out. For $150, you get unlimited year-round access to Six Flags, which includes parking and two meals a day. If you time it right, you can eat both lunch and dinner there every day. (laughs) Dylan had student loans. So, for the seven years, he went to Six Flags to eat lunch and dinner almost every day, paying down his student loans, getting married, and buying a house along the way. I've been to the Six Flags. Where, which one? 
Santa Clarita, California. Okay. About 40 minutes north of Los Angeles. Okay. It is near neighborhoods. This Uh is completely... A lot of theme parks (laughs) are way the fuck away. Sure. This is near neighborhoods. You could take the bus to it. There's a big parking lot. They have a inept security team Mm -hmm. that allowed me to come in with vodka-filled water (laughs) bottles and vape pens. This man... Made a decision for his family. You know, like, this is the equivalent of, you know, like, frontiersmen (laughs) fighting the... This man went to Six Flags to eat a hot dog twice a day. (laughs) I did... Okay, $150. That's year-round. Two meals a day. I can't believe it comes with food. That's 41 cents a day. Yeah. So he is getting two meals... For about 21 cents a meal. Yeah. I mean, that is cheaper than prison. He lives in Santa Clarita. It does not say how he's getting there. He could bicycle there. He could take the bus. He could possibly walk. It said it comes with free parking, right? It does. Wow. So he went to the park every day for an entire year since his office was just a five-minute drive away. It was a no-brainer, he said. The entire first year of seven, I don't think I ever went to the grocery store. (laughs) Seven years he did this for? I timed it so I was able to go there during my lunch break, go back to work, then stop back for dinner on my way home. At this point, the Six Flags employees have to be like, oh, Steve is back? (laughs) I mean, Dylan... Like, were you on a first name basis with every single person who worked there? Did you ever like just ride a ride for the hell of it because you were going there for every meal? Like, that's unbelievable. Dylan says one of the catalysts for it was that a coworker of his said that she spent fifteen hundred dollars a month on eating out, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not going down that road. I'm going to eat at Six Flags every day." <laughs> it I might f- die five years early, but I am going to save hundreds of dollars. It doesn't say what the, the menu has evolved beyond pizzas, burgers, and sandwiches. It's still a lot of bad food. I mean, it's theme park food, so you can't expect too much from it. But you can find options that are not terrible, like tri-tip sandwiches and vegan options, such as black bean burgers and meatless meatball subs. That sounds terrible. Oh, can you imagine what a meatless meatball sub at Six Flags Santa Clarita tastes like? I bet the meatball sub is meat- meatless. <laughs> it's all made of horse hooves. Now, to guess- tie this back to the pumpkin thing, <laughs> there were seasonal specialties at Six Flags. Dylan's first bite into a turkey hot dog called the Thanksgiving dog <laughs> felt nothing short of life-changing. Oh, never said a sadder sentence in my life. It was amazing, he says, through tears, probably. <laughs> it's a turkey dog <laughs> with, a, with, with a gun in his mouth. He said it was a turkey dog topped with cranberry sauce, stuffing, and a slathering of mayonnaise. Oh. Whenever you slather something, it's always mayonnaise. Yeah, uh, nothing's been slathered that's not mayonnaise. Which I know sounds awful, but it was so good. I ended up eating way too many of them, and now I can't even smell turkey dogs without gagging. Eventually, the dining pass expanded to include a snack along with the two daily meals. That's where it got dangerous, Dylan warns. Separate from the meal, you could get Dippin' Dots. (laughs) You know, from the future. 
<laughs> Sundays, churros and pretzels. This guy's full of shit. $150 for all this? That doesn't even make sense with the admission. Why would they sell that? I went to Six Flags one day, yeah. and it was like $100 to get in. That's what I'm saying. I got no free food. <laughs> I got spat upon by children who were mad at me, uh, you know, getting in front of them on the Hulk coaster. This this article is three hours long. This article is war and peace for eating a Frito pie at the fucking whack-a-mole. But anyway, uh, this guy, this genius, <laughs> bought a house because he ate at Six Flags forever. I just don't understand why Six Flags would sell you a pass where you get three, where you get two meals a day and admission, and it costs $150. What is the point of selling? What are you? How are you supposed to make money on that if you're Six Flags? The whole reason you would get people to go is for them to spend money on the food. Like I understand selling a cheap season pass, and they have to buy the food. What would the what? What is Six Flags doing? I guess they think he's going to buy like a Tweety Bird sweatshirt every day. <laughs> it's a genuine Looney Tunes jacket. <laughs> I have gotten, uh, I was a Neighborhood Pass uh, member at Universal Studios in uh, Burbank, and it was $240 a year, no free food, Yeah. Um, weekday admission, uh -huh. one week in a month, blacked out for anything near a holiday, Yeah. which was completely fine for me. Yeah, because that's a, a, still a great deal. This is how dangerous Six Flags is. If you can go there every day and eat lunch and dinner and have a pretzel for $150, their rides are not safe. Yeah. <laughs> like, clearly, they're skimping. This, I think we've exposed the Six Flags Corporation. The dancing Six Flags guy is going to have me killed next week. <laughs> uh, this is, this, is, is this something you would do for your, oh, for your God, family? Yes. I would have done it without my family. <laughs> I had done it to be like, oh, I'm a, a, a monk. I'm going to live alone the rest of my life, but I'm definitely going to spend $150 a year for everything. Yeah, you can live on the Mr. Freeze coaster. Yeah, I mean, that. On a, I'm trying to think if you're... Who isn't doing it, quite honestly? Why wouldn't you buy something? I would go to anything if they were like, for $150 a year, you can come to this place and you can get two meals. Be like, all right, I'd buy a, a season pass to the parking lot. Like, I'd, I'd buy a season pass to literally anything. If it came with two free meals, I'd go to every single horse racing that in New Orleans if that was what it, if that's what it came with. It makes no sense. What are these people doing? <laughs> you can't get anything for like less than twenty. A company burger is like fifteen dollars now. Also, what we're glossing over completely. Is you can go to Six Flags That's and exactly, ride all the yeah, rides. Yeah, he's hanging out. He's on all the. I mean, yeah, he could probably start a blog and made like a gazillion dollars because he's ridden every blog, every ride like sixty five yeah. times. Dude, this guy's a genius. Well, Dylan, we are uh, in your debt, and you absolutely need to see a colon cancer <laughs> specialist immediately. <laughs> Get somebody to put a finger up there and not Bugs Bunny. Uh, thanks for listening to Polk and Kush. Every like, every rating, every subscription helps us out so much. We are on iTunes. We are on Spotify, Amazon, Google, all these things. 
Ask Alexa, ask Siri, they will take you right here. We are sponsored by DraftKings. Sign up at DraftKings.com. Use promo code KUSH to get a little help starting out. Uh, We appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. I am Andrew Polk. That is Scott Kushner. See ya. See ya.